0: What was it, wild animals?
1: So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know. The undead. Ghouls.
2: Hey, this is Derek. And this is Drew. And we've been devoured by zombies in the name of satire. Get ready for The Dead Don't Die. Awful movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It... Is a movie that is a that's a fact. It is a movie.
2: It was filmed by a director with actors and
1: famous actors,
2: famous actors, and uh, that's about all you can say about <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, man. It, 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 whew, it was rough to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was entertained, but yeah. it was something.
2: I will say. So, like after this is your Howard the Duck. I I don't know why you saw this in the at the fr- in the first place, but I, are you like a Jim Jarmusch fan? Have you like seen his other
1: movies? No, no, I don't like scary movies. I don't watch scary movies. Uh, I I bought this for Sarah because she likes scary movies, and then she had to watch it with me. <laughs> okay, I guess. But it's, the thi- yeah,
2: but it's not that scary though. It's very. I don't know, I guess
1: we'll get into it, but it's not at all.
2: Yeah, so I did a little like digging into Jim Jarmusch, who I always confuse with Jake Jarmel, who is a Seinfeld character. Um by the way. But anyway, both J names. Uh but he did uh like Broken Flowers and Coffee and Cigarettes and like those kind of very art house movies. Okay. Um which I've never seen, but I hear, I hear good things about them, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's in, it'd be in your wheelhouse, which I think is like how or, or why this might not have made sense to you or like why you thought it was so bad.
1: I mean, I've looked into that stuff. I just don't think, first of all, I read like this review from the New Yorker that like praised the political satire in the, sh- in this movie, which like, they talk about like fracking and, and shit like that. Right. As like a sides, it's not even, or it's so dumb. It's so dumb. I'm sorry. That's
2: it. <laughs> it is. Okay. Well, so it came out that this movie, the dead don't die. Um, I saw it like everywhere. Like it was, there's a lot of like trailers and stuff for it. And it was like, um, Jim Jarmusch's biggest, like, uh, marketed movie like because the other movies that he put out like you didn't seriously really see anywhere marketed it came out it competed with MIB International <laughs> if you remember that movie oh
1: did it compete with yeah, it yeah
2: yeah uh it didn't beat it obviously but like um and
1: the Shaft remake okay so it came out at a prime time for movies <laughs> yes
2: it only made 15 million dollars worldwide um which was it's not that good <laughs>
1: How much was the budget with with the cast that this movie? Yeah, has? I looked.
2: I couldn't find it. His movies are very like budget. It's not like a lot, but um, I would think it'd be more than fifteen million. Like Bill Murray, I think would do it for like wh- like nothing. He's the kind of guy that I think would do it for nothing. Um, okay, because he's like friends with the director, and okay. there's other people like that too. Cause like all the people in the dead don't die have been in other Jim Jarmusch movies essentially.
0: Okay. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't find that info anywhere. Anyway. Do you want to go through the synopsis of this? Of this thing.
1: Sure. I don't know that there's like an easy way to go through the synopsis. Cause there's not. No, whatever. Uh, so the movie, the dead don't die breaks the fourth wall constantly. Yeah. And we see this right from like almost the opening scene where our, our two cops played by Adam driver and Bill Murray, uh, Ronnie and cliff respectively. They're responding to some missing chickens. I think it was. And they see hermit Bob in the woods. I never really understood hermit Bob throughout the whole movie. He's supposed to be like (laughs) us, the audience, like he's watching them. Like we're watching them. That's the best thing to come up with for that. Uh, And they're in the car and Ronnie's, or Cliff's like, what's this song? And Ronnie says, oh, it's the theme song. And right then, that's when I knew I wasn't going to like this movie.
2: (laughs) Well, I, so, yeah, I mean, I saw that too. And I was like, what? I I didn't get it at first. Um, Yeah,
1: I was, my. that's when I decided I wasn't going to like this movie. I still liked it. Okay. I enjoy things. It's just a bad movie, okay. but I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. We see Bobby, who is one of my favorite characters in this movie. And he gets some deliveries from the Riza, uh, and Woo PS, which, mm-hmm. okay, sure. Why not? Uh, and there's like stuff in the news about fracking and like animals and pets being weird and disappearing and shit like that. Right. Uh, Cliff and Ronnie get to the the station. Mindy, the other police officer, is there. They discuss what's going on, blah, blah, blah. There's also then a diner is introduced, and we learn that Tilda Swinton is a new undertaker in in the town, and she is just practicing a sword. She's just working on her swordsmanship.
2: But she's, like, Irish or
1: Scottish? I don't even know what that (laughs) actually is. It's... (laughs) Yeah. And she walks like, like a martial artist or something. I don't know. Around this point, two zombies who are craving coffee attack the diner, uh, killing the people inside.
2: One of them was Iggy Pop.
1: Oh, one of the zombies? Yeah. Uh, the other zombie was somebody famous, too. I don't Isn't
2: it's Jim Jarmusch's wife, maybe? I think. Someone's wife, I think, it was the other zombie.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, the next day, Cliff, Ronnie, and Mindy go to the diner and see the bodies, which then produces one of Adam driver's best lines for me where he walks in, sees it and he goes, Oh yuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they discuss what's going on. And Ronnie says, I think it's zombies. Yeah. i betting zombies. Yeah. And I enjoyed him kind of just saying it was always zombies and doing shit, but I also just like Adam driver.
2: Yeah. He's good in this movie.
1: Three hipsters, I guess. Uh, the only one that I knew was Selena Gomez. I don't know who the other two people were. You
2: would classify them as hipsters?
1: Aren't they called hipsters in the movie, I think, at some point?
2: Well, I just think that's like a small town. They don't know any better to call okay. what to call them.
1: Well, I'm just calling them what they were called. I don't remember their names because I didn't write them down. Three Utes. Yeah, there are some Utes that stop at a gas <laughs> station. And they make fun of Bobby, kind of. Uh, and... They call him Bilbo Baggins and stuff. That was just kind of a weird thing. Well, Rizza called him Bilbo, too.
2: Did he? Or did okay. he Frodo? No, it was Frodo. He called him Frodo.
1: Maybe. It seemed like he liked the Rizza though. He didn't like these people. And he's like, my name's not Baggins, it's Wiggins. <laughs> and I don't know why, but the way he said that line, I was like crying. So yeah, yeah. Uh, those three people go to the motel where the police officers apparently are. And they're told, don't go out. Meanwhile, through this whole time, also, there's these kids at a juvenile center who are, like, watching the town. Right. And are, and Discussing like, what's going on.
2: Disturbingly uh, Accurate in their in their Predictions of, like, what's actually happening.
1: Right. They, I'm pretty sure they reference a zombie apocalypse at some point. Yeah. In, in that part. Didn't really understand them either. I don't know if they're, like, the chorus, the Greek chorus for the the movie (laughs) who knows i don't know uh cliff and ronnie find a bunch of open graves and ronnie describes how to kill a zombie you have to kill the head you gotta kill the head it's the only way um meanwhile bobby and hank played by danny glover also are preparing for the zombies and are arming up because bobby has read every zombie thing ever seen every zombie movie ever or something Mm -hmm. and they go to the gun shop right I think they just go to Hank's hardware store. Oh, it's a hardware store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The motel guy who owned the motel, he's now a zombie. Uh, The three kids are afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile in jail, Carol Kane reanimates and wants Chardonnay and Ronnie decapitates her.
2: I thought it was the funniest part of the movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Chardonnay.
2: Chardonnay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chardonnay.
1: Zelda, AKA Tilda Swinton is beheading corpses and tells the officers to go out. She sends out a message on the computer because they just are like, well, you're Tilda Swinton. Let's give you a weird role. I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, the kids at the motel are zombies. Ronnie beheads them. Uh, Hank and Bobby are overrun by zombies. Farmer Miller is overrun by zombies. Uh, the cops are overrun by zombies. Mindy essentially commits suicide by stepping out of the car into the horde of zombies. Right. At this point, Ronnie breaks the fourth wall again by saying he was given the script so he knows what happens and it's not good. <laughs> and Tilda Swinton shows up, taking a car to the cemetery and a UFO fucking takes her away. Yeah. <laughs> then, then Cliff and Ronnie, uh, after killing many of their undead friends, uh, succumb. And Hermit Bob is seemingly the only one left alive. The end.
2: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> the, the movie flows very slowly. Um, you kind of zoom through quite a bit of it. and But there's a lot of kind of like little tiny, I don't know, moments like throughout the movie. Like you mentioned, there's like Adam Driver breaks the fourth wall a lot and is basically like, the only one who's like, I, I know what's coming. I read the script. You right. Know? And then Bill Murray's like, I didn't even, I didn't get a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm best After friends all, with I the director. I didn't get the script. Yeah. But, um, we, we, we can get into, I want to talk about like, about this, this, the s- satire and like symbolism and stuff later, but just like, okay. From, from a plot standpoint, it's basically, you mentioned like the polar fracking. It's supposed to be this like nebulous sort of, cause of like right what's happening and it, it, it doesn't really have it doesn't mean anything it's more like a mcguffin but um yeah I thought okay so I started out watching this sober and okay about halfway through I'm like maybe I'm just not understanding it
1: so then it got
2: <laughs> then it got high and then it started clicking for me.
1: And then you just understood it all <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, and there was a couple scenes where I laughed out loud hysterically and I thought it was like, it made so much sense to me.
1: There were definitely scenes where I was like, I same, I laughed out loud at it because there were just like funny lines there were, or funny moments, interactions.
2: Right. So like the one, um, just like weird, like weird things. So like when the, the zombies, uh, icky pop zombie, D- devours like the people in the cafe and then the next day they show up the cops show up adam driver pulls up in like a smart car which to yeah. me is just like it it's like a it's a clown car like he's a huge guy and he gets out of this tiny little car i don't know it was kind of a weird joke but apparently it was a color of like an x-wing or something i forget exactly in the i heard of the trivia about that oh the sound the sound because he pulled up there was a sound that made it sound like a um, a star wars vehicle sound effect anyway but, um,
1: okay. Like a TIE fighter or something.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then so they're talking. Uh, well, Bill Murray walks in first and he looks around and he's talking to, um, Danny Glover, Hank Thompson. Yeah. And he's like, what was it? A wild animal? Several wild animals? And then Adam Driver pulls up and then gets in, looks in the cafe, comes out, says the exact same line. And then Maggie, not Maggie, Mindy, does the exact same thing. (laughs) It's like, it takes a lot of balls to put in a scene. Yeah. That. I don't know. It's not dumb, but it was just kind of like,
1: it is kind of dumb.
2: It was kind of dumb, but it, I don't know. It made sense. It was clever. It worked. It worked.
1: Yeah. And again, Adam driver's reaction to stuff throughout the whole movie is amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So, I guess, I mean, why not? Let's just get into it. So the whole symbolism thing you said, you think Hermit Bob is the, is supposed to be like our avatar. I disagree. I actually think it's, um, Adam driver, Bill Murray and Mindy, like those three characters are what I would consider to be like a family unit kind of going through the, this like ordeal, the apocalypse you know, zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Because you think about it, like, so given the context of, like, the current state of the world, I suppose, <laughs> yes. there are people who I feel like I'm maybe one of them who is like, we can see what's going to happen, whether it's like climate change or whether it's like whatever malady you want to throw in there. We know what's going to happen. We need to do something about it. But no one, no one is listening and like no one cares. And it's, it's a right. whole like, at, like Adam Driver's character has the sense of like, yeah, I know what's going to happen, but like, there's not much I can do about it because no one else understands or knows. And then if, like at the end, Bill Murray catches on and he's like, I should have listened to you. Like, why, how do you know all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That That's kind of how I, what I came away from it with. Okay. And Hermit Bob is just like the the crazy guy that also kind of understands what's happening, but doesn't want to involve himself in it, but just like is on the outskirts. I don't know.
1: I don't either. I thought a lot about this. <laughs> Clearly shit. I did not.
2: Well, the zombies are like consumers, right? Like that makes sense. Okay. The, the, the kids who are in the juvenile detention center, if you remember, the, the juvenile, like detention center, uh, orderlies or like the, the people in charge there, all of their yeah. jackets said CDC on it. So like center for disease control essentially.
1: Yeah. And
2: okay. the, the kids were kind of like the, the whistleblowers, so to speak of kind of what was happening because they were the ones who kind of knew what was happening, but they didn't, no one was listening to them either. And they didn't really know how to. How to like make a difference essentially. That was kind of my takeaway, but I don't. Know. I thought it was really interesting how he did that. It's fair, yeah. And then we got to talk about Tilda Swinton. <laughs>
1: so before we get to Till Swinton, okay. I have um, I think two other two other Adam Driver lines that I love. Okay. One was when he's talking, I think to Mindy, and he's like, "If you ask me, uh, this whole thing's gonna end badly." And she's like, "What do you, What do you mean?" She's like, "Oh, I don't know, just a." Just a feeling, I guess. Mm -hmm. A strong feeling. And like, that was the whole scene. It made no sense and (laughs) it was ridiculous and I loved it. But the weirdest fucking line in this whole movie by him is after they meet Selena Gomez and people and he says, huh, that girl's part Mexican. I have an affinity for Mexicans. They're my favorite people. I love Mexico. I've been down there twice. (laughs) I didn't... I... Pause the movie, rewound it, and watch that like five times to make sure that I was like, I don't understand at all.
2: You, like you just didn't understand why
1: he said that? Why was that in the movie? <laughs>
2: it's, so,
1: it, it's such a weird line.
2: I feel like a lot of the film was improvised. And they were just kind of like doing different takes of different stuff. And for some reason pulled that one out. I don't know.
0: Okay. I forgot that. It was just such a I weird I forgot one. that line. Yeah.
2: I don't know. But my thing with the movie was just how like not freaked out everyone was. Like sh- there was there were one or two people that were just kinda like very emotional Mindy about was it. Freaked out. Well, near the end, yeah, when she saw her grandmother. And she's the one who yeah. kinda like caved to the familial pressure. Yeah. essentially. But um it was just it was a little disturbing how Bill Murray and Adam Driver's characters were just like, well, we got zombies, and it was just kind of like that was it. All
0: right, till the sweat. Go <laughs> on.
2: <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say, so like RZA, I forgot was in Wu Tang, or like I, maybe I just didn't realize, and his character was the the W U P Whoops Driver. Whoop Whoops Whoops, 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 whoops yes. Um, uh, which was obviously an homage to Wu Tang, but I just thought it was like a. Right. Uh, I I initially thought it was just like a humorous take on like the UPS is like, whoops, you know, we lost your package sort of thing. And then uh, maybe I'll touch on this in my conspiracy theory later, but Centerville where they are has a population of 738 as noted by like their, the sign leading into the town, but yet they have their own TV station for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Um,
1: Everyone needs public access. Yeah. All
2: right. Okay. So Tilda Swin, her character, I get that she's an alien, you know, just trying to get off the earth. She uses like the police computer to like signal her ship or whatever to come in and get her. Yeah. And I think like when you, when you look at the kind of grand scheme of the, the the plot and the characters and everything, she's like this outsider who's just like, I'm just going to peace out. Like, fuck this planet. Like, I just don't want to be here anymore um yes like i get that i just find it really odd like the irish uh samurai like weird undertaker sort of thing like i I didn't get that like nothing none of that like jived
1: i think they just did that because she like plays roles like that like in the like in dr strange she does like the weird, like monk martial arts shit, and like everything she plays, she's just weird.
2: That's fair. She was in um, Jermush's other movie, Only Lovers Left Alive. She was a va- played a vampire with um, Tom Hiddleston, I think. But that wasn't like super like, a super crazy character. It was just like a vampire. But anyway, I just thought it was I don't know it, the movie. There's not much to say about it because it's very like on the nose not a lot happens other than it's just like your typical zombie sort of fair.
1: Well, we could hear where you think the movie goes next. Oh God. Get this sequel.
2: Frick. Okay. Um, all right. So I had two sequel ideas, but one of them is more fleshed out. So I'm going to go with that one. So we know that hermit Bob and the juvenile detention kids are the only ones who made it out alive at the end of the movie. Cause we didn't see either of them like get killed. So the sequel picks up right at the end of the first film and the primary story involves those kids who escaped and they're starting to figure out like how to navigate the zombie apocalypse to stay alive. Essentially, Hermit Bob sees them kind of like, you know, scrounging in the supermarket or whatever, uh, meets up with them to kind of like join forces. He gives them pointers on like how to survive essentially he doesn't want to join them per se, but he just kind of gives them pointers. Like this is what you want to do because he wants to kind of keep his like hermit lifestyle basically.
0: Gotcha.
2: Um, so, you know, he, there's a scene involving him, like trying to teach them like the ways of like nature and like what to do, like how to, how to do things.
1: Montage. Yeah. How
2: to, how to kill or, and avoid the zombies. Um, you know, and there's some like laughs in there, some Jarmusch-esque stuff. But soon after, they get overrun by a horde. They kind of use their new skills a little bit, but they end up getting split. So Herman Bob goes his own way, and they go another way. There's some kind of head chopping, and they try like decapitating zombies and stuff. They end up just running away. Uh, But the kids make their way back into Centerville to try to figure out what to do next. On their way back into town, they notice someone trying to break in to the motel. Um, It's Ron Middleditch. It's just the name I came up with played by Tom Hiddleston.
1: Thomas Middleditch, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: It's played by Tom Hiddleston. So like Dermouche likes to use people from his other movies. So Tom Hiddleston was in the one with Tilda Swinton, Only Lovers Left Alive. Okay. So he's brought into this sequel and he plays uh or he plays like a British tourist on vac- who's on vacation in the US. Um and he's just like trying not to die at this point. They cautiously okay. approach him and realize he's kind of harmless. Um he's just kind of like he's playing his character like super british like you know think of like an over-the-top british
1: actor
0: got it
2: so they team up together and determine the bet their best bet is to try to get to like a city where there's likely other uh, group of survivors and the most reasonable is philadelphia so like centerville for some reason it's not explaining like where exactly it is but generally i think people said it was like in pennsylvania somewhere or like yeah. the mid-atlantic region so i'm just going to go with philadelphia For for reasons you'll find out soon. Okay, so to equip themselves for the journey, they go to the gun shop slash convenience store thing. It wasn't the gun shop. Sorry, the hardware store, um, which they're which are overrun. But they coordinate an attack, and they they like kind of plan out an attack and quickly get in and get out with what they need, essentially. Okay. And there's like good good quips and stuff like that. Of course.
1: And like they're flying everywhere.
0: Right.
2: And Tom Middleson's like making like British He's like I'm just British but you know whatever. So they uh there's still a bunch of zombies you know doing their thing they did before they died. So as they're kind of like making their way to Philly they just see a bunch of people like up zombies doing like hilarious things that they were doing before you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So the trip to Philly though is uneventful. It's not like they got overrun or anything. It gives them time for like some emotional backstory for each of the, each of like the kids and, and Tom and Wilson to kind of fill out their characters a little bit. Got it. Got then. So once they make it to Philly, they kind of see like hastily thrown together signs that were created by other survivors. So they kind of drive there with a little effort, kind of in the same vein, I, I'm making it seem like it's like not a big deal because in the previous movie, it wasn't that like, no one really felt like it was that big of a deal. They just kind of like let, they just kind of let it happen to them, sort of, okay. um, if that makes sense. So they meet up with this, like, small group of people um, hold up in Reading Terminal Market, which is this, like, market in Philadelphia that's pretty famous, um, led by Jeffrey Wright and Emma Stone. Okay. Jeffrey Wright, because he was in another uh, Jarmusch movie, and Emma Stone, because I love Emma Stone, uh, but she wasn't in another movie. But I just think she, if it it's well here they themselves are like a, original Philadelphians. They're rabid about preserving the history. So they see all this like shit happening around them and they're like, we got to preserve the history, you know, of the, of the city and the, and the country. Cause like Philadelphia is a whole like, you know, historical city and meaningful in US history, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that includes like the Liberty bell.
0: I've heard of it. <laughs> yes.
2: So, um, everyone else in the group kind of argues with them about like wanting to preserve or sorry, they want to move forward with their lives. They don't want to just like have to worry about all this like history and stuff. They just want to like survive and they want to forget about the past and they need to move on if they're going to survive. But, uh, Jeffrey Wright and Emma Stone's characters, they convince them to kind of like, no, we need to like preserve this history. Like they want to go grab the, grab the Liberty Bell and some other kind of like, historical artifacts and stuff like that around the city while they can
1: very national treasure
2: so they pl- hatch a plan to take over independence hall and secure the liberty bell most people are apprehensive but they eventually kind of reluctantly agree good on board and there's some quips about like a british guy helping preserve the history of the u.s and like saving the u.s and stuff like that yeah there's jokes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh okay tell me though so, so are, they all head out equipped equipped and like kind of ready to do it. Right. Um, but it all goes like spectacularly wrong. There's a sweet battle scene where everyone's like kind of like battling the zombies. Um, Jeffrey Wright and Emma stone completely don't get, um, or like understand what it would take to kind of like secure the Liberty bell essentially. And they end up getting eaten. The rest of the group retreats into the independence hall. And so while they're in there trying to figure out what to do next, because the whole building started to get overrun at that point. They're trying to figure out like how fucked they are. So they go up to the bell tower and figure out what to do next. And when they're kind of like scoping things out, they notice something in the sky. And that's when a huge alien ship descends from the night sky. Think like independence day style, right? Yes. A beam of light descends down on Washington square, which is right next to the Liberty building. I hate to look at this up on Google maps, by the way, (laughs) I was like, I was like positioning everything. So, and it drops Tilda Swinton down and she kind of assesses the situation. She still has her sword and stuff. So she's like slinging, you know, chopping heads off left and right. And they're like, what the hell? Who is this person? <laughs> like, what is, what is even going on? And uh, shortly after she's being back up and they're like, what the, like, what the hell? And then um, the ship itself launches back into the sky, just leaves and joins an even larger ship that comes down. Uh, which is just coming to view. The larger ship um, opens fire and just completely destroys the planet. <laughs> nice. The final scene is Tilda Swinton in this kind of larger alien ship um, with her overlord, sort of alien boss, played by Jim Jarmouche, who is dressed in like this ridiculous alien outfit. Um, think like 1950s version of what an alien kind of overlord would look okay. like essentially saying like we did this to ourselves and they all like laugh as they fly back to their home planet, essentially saying like our planet's fucked. So might as well just kind of get it over with. And that's how it is. Scorch ends.
0: commentary.
2: <laughs> so basically nice. I wanted to do something where it's like played off the symbolism and like satire of the first one of like, yeah. we're fucked But people are still hold on to this like nationalistic view of things, even when like it doesn't make sense to, and like, you know, like the, um, like we need to move on and we need to kind of get past these, these old notions of like how we run things and like, how do we actually move forward? And so the people that were stuck in the past, ended up dying. And even though they were right in the fact that they just needed to kind of move on the people that still did got fucked because everyone was dragging them down in the first place. And this whole thing is just messed up to begin with. So that's kind of where I was going with it. I was trying to be, yeah, it was hard because I was like, I wanted to respect this, the, the original in the sense that I wanted to, it to be like also on the nose symbolically, but anyway.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think that accomplishes the, <laughs> uh, that
2: goal. But I wanted something just also super dra- dramatic where, you know, like the aliens come back essentially and just blow up the planet. But
1: Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's like taking the end of this one where everyone in the town dies to the next level. Yeah. Everyone and everywhere dies.
2: Um, my other idea had like weird involved, like, Angels and like the Statue of Liberty and like all this other stuff is like really fucked up. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. So yeah, that was my
0: sequel. Like it five stars. Do you? Do you think Jermush will?
1: (laughs) Do you think he'll He'll like like it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) He's like, I gotta make that. Oh yes. Get Emma Stone on the phone right away. Oh my god. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about let's talk uh, conspiracy theories. So. This one was your movie, so I think you should go first.
1: Okay. So, this one goes all the way to the top. Okay. My conspiracy is that there never were any zombies. I think they were just actors. I think this whole thing was fake, a bunch of people playing roles, and I think the entire thing was just a movie that no one really died, and they probably all hung out and bonded and had beers and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's basically that's, my conspiracy that's basically what the movie was. <laughs> uh,
1: I know. Uh, I have that one. Um, and then my other uh, conspiracy theory is that uh, Hermit Bob is the one that's been turning everyone into zombies and in that he was the original zombie. And because he's just like a homeless old hermit in the middle of nowhere that everyone's like, no, it's just like a weird old homeless guy but he's actually out here converting people into zombies. He just doesn't do it to Ronnie and cliff because he respects them, not shooting.
2: (laughs) That's fair. No, that's interesting. Yeah. So my conspiracy theory is similar maybe, but so essentially my thought is the situation is very similar to like the Truman show where it's, it's, it's a fake situation um, for like, observing what people would do in such situations, like psychologically and stuff like that. So it's set up so that, you know, they release these zombies and in, into this, like, you know, bubble where people are. And it's like a, a, a government sort of test mm-hmm. to, to figure out like what people would do in those situations. Okay. But also um, I had kind of like a side note to that where like the government was used, the government kind of knew aliens were around, but they're using it to coax, Till the Swinton out, uh, like of hiding, essentially.
1: Okay, they're trying to extradite her.
2: Yeah, or just like f- or figure out who she was, like figure out what she was up to and stuff like that. Which is why, so like, the reason that this super small town had like its own TV station because like they normally wouldn't. But if you're in a situation right. where you're trying to control the population somehow, you can do that with the news. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's their. That's like their Truman Show headquarters. That's where uh, what's his name who was in church. Oh uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Ed something. Ed, Ed Sheeran.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was Ed Sheeran just from the other movie. Ed Harris, Jesus. Okay. So that's all that. Just to say that's where Ed Ed Harris is in the, uh, I, I like that better than mine. It was hard to come up with a conspiracy theory for a movie that like clearly is saying like, this isn't real. Right. I,
2: this was just a hard movie in general to to nail down.
1: Yeah. So I do feel hurt that you say it's like my Howard the Duck. Because <laughs> I think that it's better than Howard the Duck. Do you think it's better? But I also... Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, I can see where, from your perspective, as I made you watch this, that you would Even feel you that Even you admitted
2: way. when... In the podcast last time, you were like, this is an awful, awful movie. Even you admit it to that. I
1: mean, it's a bad movie. I do think it's a bad movie. It still entertained me, at least. I don't That's know that fair. Howard the Duck entertained me.
2: That's fair. I was entertained briefly just, with Howard the Duck. <laughs> and then that wore the off. Music, I was like, what right? the hell is going on? Yeah.
1: What is this? <laughs> Jesus.
2: All right. All right. So you said you didn't have any bar trivia names, but I just, I have a couple.
1: So okay. um, yes, I did not remember to do my homework. God uh, damn it. Bad boy.
2: Um, so the first one is the ghouls, um, or just ghouls based on Adam driver's pronunciation. Uh, okay. Cause you know, he's like, you know, the undead ghouls,
0: uh, ghouls. ghouls. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, in it's like Adam driver voice. The second one is, are we improvising here? That's a line from Bill. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. A good line. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Because, yeah, they were improvising. And then um, the third one is several wild animals.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I figured that was going to be one of (laughs) I can't imagine anyone
2: anyone would use those. Or like if we used it in a bar trivia, no no one one would understand.
1: understand (laughs) Like Why several wild animals? Several wild animals, fuck. But I do have several, several, several scenes chosen for the category for this week. I bet you do. Which was... Parody scenes. Just scenes that have been parodied. You had to find yes. a movie that parodies another fucking thing. in yeah. uh, specific scenes. And uh, we'll do our top five here. And uh, why don't you... I'll go. Okay. So yeah.
2: So top five parody movie scenes. Um, both the parody scene and the scene it's parodying. So yes. I'm going to probably supersede you here in my first pick with, of course, not another teen movie. And slash a parody of she's all that with the stair reveal scene where Jamie yep. Briggs comes down the stairs to God, what the fuck is that song?
1: Is it kiss, kiss me? It's yeah. expense on the richer
2: beneath the melted twilight. Yeah. And then <laughs> like the, the stairs is like, collapse beneath her and she just falls down this <laughs> pit into the basement and all the furniture yeah. falls on top of her and they're like are you okay one of the best one of the best scenes from um chris evans where he's like just seeing the reaction on his face as she's oh, yeah. <laughs> things are just piling out to her he's like oh ah. that is so funny
1: so that's my yeah. number one i knew you were gonna pick that one so i oh you it did right oh, now. okay I was like, yeah, that's hundred percent. would be the first one that he does.
2: Well, I mean, not another teen movie is, I think my favorite parody movie, scary movie might be close, but yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I could do one from not another teen movie as well, but I think I'll move away from it for us to start and go to Spaceballs, uh, with the alien chest buster scene that they have that hot, <laughs> you know, parodies, the chest bus- burster and alien. <laughs> right. And then it does like the little song and dance. Like, hello, my lady. A <laughs> yeah. Does like that little song and dance. So I, nice. I love, I love space cause I love star Wars and that's, that's seems always so, so dumb, but so funny.
2: <laughs> well, it was also, wasn't it also a parody of like, the frog from the old Warner brothers cartoons. Cause didn't he do that too? Remember that frog that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So my number two is actually also Spaceballs, as a parody of star Wars in the Schwartz duel scene, parodying the, uh, the Obi-Wan Vader duel scene. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just have, you know, your shorts is as big as
1: mine, you know,
2: all that kind of stuff. Not much else to say about yeah.
1: it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you, it's a great scene. You, you nailed every part of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to stick with star Wars, not space balls, but star Wars to bridge to the next one. And uh, my second one here, it yeah, second one. Yeah. Jesus. my brain. My second one here is from Austin powers. When Dr. Mm-hmm. Evil tells uh, Austin, he, I am your father. Really? <laughs> no, not really.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: I, I love those movies.
2: Uh,
1: yes. They're so dumb.
2: I also have Austin Powers on here. But, um, okay, so yeah, Austin Powers is holds a, a dear place in my heart. Um, all right, so my number three is... Hot Shots slash a parodying Top Gun, and there's the airplane crash scene uh-huh. where uh, the one guy crashes his plane, essentially like it dives straight into the yeah. into the ground, <laughs> and he like he walks out unscathed, and then the ambulance comes up and just like rails him and runs him over, and <laughs> it's just like a sequence of.
1: It's like from like um, the naked gun like type shit.
2: Sort of. Yeah, where like they put him in they put him in the ambulance and he like falls out and like they're they're rolling him into the um, into the hospital and they leave him where like the doors slam on his head yeah. and like stuff like that.
0: I laugh every time at that.
1: I do love those movies. That's going to make me change my next pick. I'm going to go with <laughs> from Hot Shots Part deuce. The There's a scene that is parodying basically the movie kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where Sheen is, uh, he's in like a, a Thai boxing match, kick fighting match or whatever. Um, and he does like a bunch of razzle dazzle shit like before or for the fight, kind of like Jean-Claude Van Damme does, but he also like starts lassoing and he like <laughs> dips his hands in like a, a, an ice cream bar, like the, <laughs> like the <laughs> toppings for it and shit. And then when they're right. fighting, his opponent like keeps kicking out the beams, and so like the uh, that are like on the audience's grandstand stuff. So like the roof is collapsing on them and like killing all the audience members who are watching this fight. <laughs> and eventually, Charlie Sheen wins by tickling him and and shit like that. So oh my god, it's such a good movie. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. I should rewatch those.
2: Yeah. Speaking of which, my number four is Hot Shots Part
1: two <laughs> <laughs> slash
2: parodying Lady and the Tramp, um, the pasta eating scene. Okay. Where I, I just think it's so funny. Where like there's like a meatball on the plate, and he like nudges the meatball with his nose, <laughs> or it's yeah, <laughs> and she eats it. Oh, I don't. It just looks so stupid. Yeah. But th- th- those movies are so good because they just they fit like everything is a joke. Right. You know, there's no downtime. Everything is like a parody of something. Yeah.
1: Those movies, like Um, things like that and airplane and like the naked gun, those all that era of movies did that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, my number four is going to be from Toy Story three. When Woody is parodying Mission Impossible, uh, he like okay. his drop. Yeah. I forget if it's from a tree or a window or something. He drops down by his cord and like hovers right above the ground at the end of his cord, kind yeah. of like Tom <laughs> Cruise in Mission Impossible in the first one. Nice. So it's not really an extended thing. It's just that part is very. It's just yeah. that
2: was that two? You said Two Story
1: three? Oh, three.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. That's the one I haven't really seen that much of. I've seen it a couple times, but I don't remember like a lot of it.
0: I still haven't seen four.
2: Me either. It's on Disney Plus. So maybe I should check it out. Yeah. All right, cool. So my number five, my last one. I'm also going to go with Awesome Powers. Okay. Parroting Bond, specifically Thunderball, where he uh, drops Mustafa into like the pit of flames. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> he drops him in and he's like, oh, I'm not dead. I'm just very badly burned. Please <laughs> help me. He just keeps pressing the button. <laughs> and eventually someone has to go in and shoot him. Yeah. You shot me. (laughs) You shot me. (laughs) Oh (laughs) my god! So good. I think they're on Netflix. Because I watched one of them a month ago. Like I watched the first one about a month ago. Nice. Again, it was so good.
1: I have so many choices left for this last one, but I'm going to go with one of my favorites, I guess. It's going to be the parody of The Matrix. Parodying specifically Bullet Time. Uh in Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, where oh, okay. there's like a cow shooting its utter milk at, at him. And they do bullet time to evade the spurts <laughs> of milk.
2: I haven't seen Kung Pao
1: yet. It's I should it's watch dumb. that. Is that
2: Stephen Chow? Is this like the same guy who did like, Kung Fu Hustle? I don't
1: know. No. Steve O'Dekirk.
2: Oh, okay. Interesting. Was that, Bob's? Brother,
0: <laughs> not Odin Odakirk
2: Oda Kirk. Oh, O D odakirk Got it. Interesting. Okay, let's check that out. Oh, I think the same guy who did Kung Fu also did Shaolin Soccer. I think that was yes.
1: one. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's my last one.
0: Cool, cool, cool.
2: I so I had um for like alternates. I had the scary movie slash Scream. Uh-huh. The opening scene of like like what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she's. You know, she escapes him. Was it, I forget who, wasn't that Claudia Schiffer? It was like, it was a supermodel. And she's like running through the lawn and the sprinklers come on and she just like undresses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like runs through the sprinklers. (laughs) And then gets run over by her dad, who's getting head from his wife. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Um, But yeah, anyway. I remember seeing that in theaters like a long time ago. It was like early 2000s, I think. And then Airplane, obviously. But I didn't realize that was a parody of another movie called Zero Hour. Hmm.
1: I did not either. Um, it was
2: almost like it was almost like a shot-for-shot shot parody of this movie, Zero Hour. Interesting. Um, but they just like changed all the dialogue around to make it like a parody.
1: Hmm. But I did not know that.
2: Yeah, it's good. There's like a video on YouTube about it. It's pretty interesting.
1: Hmm. Any others? That that was it. What about you? Um, let's see, we have not another teen movie. The kiss scene making fun of uh, Cruel Intentions. Uh oh when it's like she kisses the older woman the lady who's with, supposed to be like the never been kissed.
2: Yeah. Um with like it's like the the slime yeah. just comes off of her face. So gross.
1: Uh in Scary Movie Three, the one of the few redeeming parts was when they had like the little saw uh puppets come out and they parody, you know, saw. It's like, oh my god, hey, come in here, one of this one's actually gonna do it. <laughs> and that.
2: I, I have not seen a Saw
1: movie. I good. I Don't. do not wish to see that. Have you seen? One? I've seen one because I was dragged to it. I never oh, forgave yeah. them.
2: I can't. I can see a lot of like different things in horror movies, but like dismemberment yeah. and like yeah. stuff like that. I can't do that. Hate it. It's gross.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's the badges scene in Blazing Saddles, which is parodying the Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Okay. Um Exorcist head turn in Scary Movie 2.
2: That's a good one, yeah. Uh,
1: and like the vomit. <laughs> the rolling boulder from Indiana Jones uh, in The Force Awakens. Wait, what? Okay, so remember when they're on... What was
2: the rolling boulder in The Force Awakens? Remember when
1: they're on the ship and they let out whatever the thing is that ends up eating all the bad guys? And oh, it's like rolling yeah, that, like, like a ball down it. and That here, tentacle thing? Yeah, it's rolling like a ball oh, down it corridor with Harrison Ford running from it.
2: Oh my God. I didn't put that together. Um, That's so
0: stupid.
1: And my, (laughs) my favorite one though, of all of them, but I would never put it in a top five. It's from my least favorite movie, the movie, the only movie I've ever walked out of the theaters during Spider-Man three, Tobey Maguire. The opening of that movie parodies Saturday night fever with John Travolta's walk, except it's the fucking worst because toby Maguire is toby Maguire.
2: <laughs> right he's not john travolta you should go check out there's a red a subreddit called Remy memes yeah and they they just post shit like that like from the Raimi spider-man movies okay. all the
0: time yeah i just
2: that movie is awful they just tried to shove so much stuff into it and then they did the same thing in the amazing spider-man yeah too i'm just like do you not learn your lesson like jesus
0: christ huh.
1: they figured it out seemingly with uh
2: well, my role, I had to step in, yeah. like, set them straight. Uh, cool. <laughs> so, Anyways.
0: <laughs> anyway.
2: Um, yeah, so I was actually, I was curious when you, why you picked this, like, thing to do, like the parody movies, because I'm like, is The Dead Don't Die, is that a parody movie? And because I, I went into it thinking it was a parody movie based on that.
1: No, I I mean, I just did because really I didn't wasn't. know what else to do for a movie like this that's like, clearly not supposed to be taken seriously. Right. So right. just picking things that were not supposed to be taken seriously.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, um,
2: any final thoughts you have on this?
1: Don't, don't watch the movie.
2: <laughs> Save yourself the uh, the heartbreak. Yeah.
1: There's a reason For they the, didn't do
2: well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would kind of echo that. If you're like a Jarmusch fan, watch it if you're into like weird movies, watch it. But like, if you're looking for like a zombie movie with some substance, then this is not the one to watch at all. Yeah. All right, cool. So it's my pick for next, next time. Yes. And so I think, um, because I think it's a great movie. I want to pick in Bruges. Okay. Uh, so I know nothing about it. I know you haven't seen it yet. Um, it's, one of Colin Farrell's, I think, best movies. I
1: do like Colin Farrell. It's really...
2: Farrell. You do? Oh, good. It's it's sort of like a dark comedy also. Um, so I, I hope you like it. I think I think it's a really funny movie. Um, but it's also kind of like a... Not a gangster movie, but it, you'll see.
1: You'll see. I'll be sure to pick a but, um, good movie
2: next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please do. I mean, I picked Frank and you loved Frank. I know. And then you picked this movie?
1: <laughs> I was just trying to think of movies you hadn't <laughs> seen. And... That one was just the first <laughs> one you said. I haven't seen it. So oh, okay. to be yeah, fair, I had like yeah, yeah. three or four others I tried first.
2: That's okay. That's fair. All right, cool. So we're going to do In Bruges next time. But let's we'll figure out the schedule because you're you're going to be kind of off. Yeah. Start of um, the
1: for a couple square, of year trying to figure out everything. Everything.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, I think that does it. Unless you have any final thoughts. No,
1: no, no it's no? okay. Cool it's just a, it's just a bad movie. (laughs) I feel bad saying that because I know people worked hard on it and you know, it's somebody's dream to make that movie, I guess. But like, I don't know. Something's bad. I don't think it
0: was. I feel
2: like Jarmouche was just like, I have an idea. Let's just make it. Yeah. But that makes me feel better. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, I think that wraps it up. So, uh, Drew and I, we want to thank you all for listening. All 10 of you. Um, (laughs) If you want to reach out and share your own sequel ideas, conspiracy theories, or top picks, hit us up on Twitter at superimposedpod or email us at superimposedpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next
0: time. Adios.